two guys who love talking about a game within a game and coming up later in the show, the return of the king, Mo Salah does what he does best against United and March owners lose themselves after the M&M of McAllister and Matoma go big for Brighton. We also look at the transfer market in the Big Short segment, try and find a differential in goodwill punting and review the best captaincy picks in No Captain My Captain in association with Fantasy Football Scout. I'm Peterson. I'm Andrew. And this is FPL Cyanet. Here's Chilwell. Martial coming in from that last and firing home. Unstoppable. Pulisic. Chilwell breaks through. Lacazette can have a pop. Hello, managers. Welcome back to another episode of the FPL Signet podcast. And we are recording this on Tuesday, March the 7th. And as always, I'm joined by my man, Andrew, who is the creator of the Dr. Dribble nickname, making its way across the FPL landscape. Andrew, how are you this evening? I'm very well. Thanks, Pete. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good. Thank you. I was... um. Buzzing the other night, I was messaging you. I was listening to the the awesome guys at the Above Average, and I heard the Doctor Dribble drop, and I was messaging you straight away. <laughs> yes, it's it's working its way into uh, people much more famous than ourselves. <laughs> that, that's all we can ask for. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, but I mean, you know, listeners of the show will know where you know it originated from, so we know the truth. So we're we're very happy yeah. about that. Yeah, we know we're the OG. It's okay. <laughs> but um, how'd you go after, you know, it was a fairly massive and controversial week in, in FPL. Like just the, the swell of support towards wildcards, like the last few days before the deadline was just absolutely insane. I haven't seen like the FPL landscape like tilt so quickly because of those FA Cup results and, yeah, it was like everywhere you looked, everyone was talking about wildcards and um, everyone was dropping their wildcard draft. And I was thinking, wait, should I be wildcarding? No, I don't need to. But yeah, pretty crazy. Had, what did you actually make of it all? Oh, it, was, it was really strange because I think we I think we recorded on the Tuesday night and yes. that was the night before we had those two crazy FA Cup upsets, which yes. meant that we had the Spurs That's game right. in 28. Yeah. So we were talking like there was no chance of the Spurs game being in 28. Um, yeah. Because effectively there was no chance. It just somehow it happened. Well, um, yeah. And then once... I was going to say both Spurs and Southampton had to lose to Sheffield United and Grimsby. <laughs> yeah. And we talked about it on the show. I think I even said like the chances of that happening is astronomically small. <laughs> um, it actually happened. So, and And when that happened, like it immediately like the landscape immediately changed every single pod I listened to from that moment onwards was advocating the wild card in 26. Yeah. And we had literally spent our entire pod talking about why you shouldn't wild card pretty much. Um, or not necessarily that, but we were, we weren't, we were advocating a different strategy, I guess, for ourselves and trying mm. to, you know, explain to, you know, to everyone what, what our rationale was was for that. And so it literally felt like we came out early. We said, you know, I don't think we should I don't think that wildcard's the right play. And then after that, everyone said, 
you know, wild card is the right player. I actually felt like an idiot. I felt like we're the only pod that's <laughs> I felt like we're the only pod that's given advice other than wildcard. And, you know, like I assumed that, you know, I was missing something. I was like, I must be wrong, but I just didn't see it. Um yeah. and I I didn't get sucked into it. I just stuck with my own plan. Um and yeah, thankfully. Uh yeah, like it, it the it, it worked out. Just sticking with the squad that I had worked out quite nicely. Yeah. And and look, I, this isn't gonna be like I'm not grabbing a stick and beating people on the head with people that wildcard because I actually I actually understand why people wildcard because there's like it's horses for courses, isn't it? When it comes to wildcards, like it, when you wildcard, it's what's best for you. So what's best for you mm. isn't what's the same for me and someone else and vice vice versa. So like there was so many managers out there that banked heavily on you know going triple up with Liverpool and then suddenly now they they you know were sort of hoping that they'd get that fixture in 28 and that didn't happen and. You know, others, you know, because like us, we didn't think Spurs would be playing in 28. So they sort of no. used, you know, Harry Kane as a make way to get in other players. And now suddenly Harry Kane's back on the table. So, you know, and people going big on Everton after, you know, the disappointing double. And then, yep. you know, while they did have a, a fixture in 28, it's not a very appealing fixture in you know, people who have moved for Tarkowski still haven't got a single point from you. <laughs> like in th- in three games, it's, it's pretty bizarre. So I actually understand why why some people actually wildcard because it actually worked out better for them. Um, but yeah, it was just it was crazy, and I, I think it's because we're both on FPL Twitter, and so it, it just felt like it was a massive groundswell. And you know. I, at times it felt like, I mean, I knew you weren't wildcarding either, but we are sort of messaging each other going, uh, are we like doing the right thing here? <laughs> yeah. Are we missing something? <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with you entirely. Um, I think, um, you know, at least for me, uh, I didn't get three Liverpool for that yeah. um, previous double. I just had the two. Mm. And then my plan all along was to use the money for one of those, from one of those Liverpool assets, um, you know, to, get you know some of these brighton and, and brentford assets that we need for now so yeah um you know really Salah was the only one that i kind of intended to keep but for people that had three liverpool assets and then you know as you said had some Liv- uh, had some um everton yeah um you know had some other kind of players that were sort of stinking up their team i understand how the wild card made perfect sense for those people yeah um, I just think that maybe it was more good luck than anything that it sort of didn't seem to suit our squad, so we didn't do it, and then it worked out for the better with that surprising Liverpool result. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the the way everyone sort of managed the last few games with all the doubles and everything, everyone's taken a different strategy. And like you mentioned, like neither of us went triple up Liverpool. Like we both went double. Um, it was sort of like mm. that that half-hearted, oh no, I wouldn't say half-hearted, but rather than going all in and, and banking on that, which, um, yeah, we we didn't do. So, I mean, for us, it worked out okay because, we you know, we'd sort of slowly planned over the next few game weeks what we are going to do. So um, in, yeah. in that case, yeah. But, yeah, I, it was funny sort of having a look on, on Twitter. And, you know, lots of people are taking a very, um, you know, a lighthearted approach to their wild cards failing miserably. I'm seeing a lot of... Um, funny stuff out there but you also see a bit of a bit of um you know some things you don't like to see with it you know a few people sort of giving it the i told you so and 
and you know it's getting stuck into people for for doing that which ah oh, i i don't like that i think the karma bus will yeah. end up coming around to get you so i mean it's yeah, a I can't, long I can't season. get around that yeah, yeah i can't get around that yeah. um you just know you just know that you're gonna make some you know some bold call which is gonna backfire in your face and then yeah. you're gonna be the one that people are gonna be having a go at you know, people don't forget yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so, if you did wild card, you know, you, you have planned it. The, the, there was method in the madness. Um, hopefully now it sort of pays off. Um, so just put this game week behind us and and, and let's look ahead. But um, before we look ahead, let's actually look back again because we have to talk about what the hell happened. Liverpool, Man United, 7-0. My note here is what the fuck. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> Uh, back to you, Pete. Oh, like I I didn't watch this game live. I woke up, I turned on my phone, and I saw 7-0, and I, that was my reaction. I actually said out loud, like, what the hell? I didn't swear because my daughter was in the room at the time. But I, yep. I, could, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, no, because then remembering that I had taken a hit to get rid of Salah this game week. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, follow me on Patreon for more exclusive content. <laughs> But yeah, that's right. It was like, yeah, that that whole front line getting doubles and yeah, I, I, but I feel justified because Mo Sully, you know, he did lose a point and get a yellow card for taking off his shirt. So I, I feel like in the end, it, it sort of you know works out in the end for me. Yeah, yeah, he really fucked up that time, didn't he? <laughs> Took off that shirt, lost that point. Oh, I, that's yeah. right. I, I, I watched that. I, I watched that game from the, like from start to finish. Um, I didn't watch it live, but w- when I woke up, I just started it from the beginning and pretended it was live. Like I didn't look at the Ooh. scores or anything. So, yeah, I managed. I managed to watch. Yeah, it was so fun. But <laughs> um, Salah had nothing after the first two goals, and I thought to myself, "Oh, you know what? Like that could be it." You know, Liverpool. <laughs> Could be done with their scoring, and you know, like they've scored two goals, and Salah's not amongst any of it. And I, and then, I was starting and then to get a bit down said, about Hold it. my shirt. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Well, I mean, he the, the third goal came, and, and Salah um got the assist for that, and I was like, oh well, you know, one assist out of three goals, like it's not great, but you know, I'll yeah. take it. And then that's when the floodgates opened, and I was oh. just, I was like, what am I even watching? Like, I could not believe it. And I, I loved the justice of Salah scoring off the underside of the bar this time after the underside of the bar cost him um, <laughs> against uh, Crystal Palace last week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, this is crazy. It was like every shot at goals just went in the net. It didn't matter how bizarre, like Man United defenders try to clear the ball. It just it would just end up at a Liverpool player still there, end up in the net. And you haven't seen it like two teams play such polar opposites game. Everything Liverpool did couldn't, could not go wrong. And everything United did just went from bad to worse. Yeah. hundred percent. And uh, all those United players, they were trying so hard to pick up cards as well. Like I, I knew I had Luke Shaw coming off the bench. I cannot believe he didn't get a yellow card. He definitely deserved one on <laughs> at least one occasion. Um, he, he ended up getting a minus one for me anyway, but it could have been worse. It really yeah. could have been worse. Yeah, it was actually yeah lucky in the end. He only got got the minus one. But um, yeah, and then you know before that, the craziest game was the Arsenal Bournemouth game, like three two, absolutely crazy. I don't think anyone saw Bournemouth taking it right up to Arsenal. But the fact that Bournemouth scored in nine seconds, like from the kickoff, 
it was so absurd. And so my, my setup Saturday night, or I should say Sunday morning, because all these were 2 a.m. fixtures. So I, on my big screen, I had the Chelsea Leeds game, which we'll, we'll touch on soon. My iPad, I had the Goal Rush show, and the feature game was Arsenal-Bournemouth. And yep. I, my attention was on that because I saw the, the, they were lining up for the kickoff and Bournemouth had nearly their whole squad on the left side of the field and just like Billings out far right. And I, I was like staring at a game like what? It looked like some weird NFL set play or something. And well, they were right doing from... the, I thought they were doing the flying V. <laughs> no, that would have been cool. But right from the kickoff, you just see Billy absolutely leg it down the wing and it's like I just I was like, my God, they've actually scored here. Like they're all running off celebrating yep. and Arsenal hadn't even seen the ball. The they're like Ramsdale's already picking it out of the net. Yeah, it was crazy. It was great. And oh. I and I, I heard somewhere, I read somewhere, it's like, oh, that's the second fastest goal in Premier League history. I'm like, what's the fastest goal? Like, how do you score faster than that? Is it still Mark Viduga? I'd got no idea. Honestly, uh, I've got I'm, no idea. I'm going to check it while you tell me some more obscure stuff about this Arsenal game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the thing that, um, I mean, I didn't watch any of these 2 a.m. games or the 2 a.m. games our time. And the thing that struck me was that, like, no, none of the people we expect to be involved in the goals are involved in the goals. Yeah. There's no involvement whatsoever from Martinelli, no goal, no goal involvement from Saka. Um, nothing from Odegaard. It's just it was so random where the where the points came from. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. I think, I mean, part of my thinking. I mean, we'll, we'll touch on our sides soon, but my thinking for getting Saka in was that I saw goals in this game, and the fact that Arsenal scored three and none of them came from any of the popular assets except for our Ben White, who you know is our doing boy. the business. Our boy, we. We never lost faith in you, Ben, if you're listening. So thank you very much for that. But yeah, crazy. Okay. Fastest goal. Would you like to would you like to have a guess? It wasn't Mark Viduka, by the way. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. Well, if um I guess Philip Billing was nine seconds, right? Yes. I, I assume it must have just been like literally from the kickoff. So I'll say like yeah. five seconds. Five seconds. That's pretty fast. No, it wasn't five seconds. And, and no. Would you like to just have a random guess who it might be? Who? Oh no. Yeah. Wayne Rooney, I don't know. Oh, no. Um, it was Shane Long for Southampton versus Watford in 2019 at 7.69 seconds. Oh, there you go. I'm, I feel like I should remember that. That wasn't very long ago. Uh, but I literally just don't. Yeah. There you go. Okay, there you go. Cool. Yeah, that's the fastest. Philip Billing now the second. Ledley King, Bradford versus Tottenham in 2001. I don't remember that at all, but anyway. Yeah, Mark Viduka no. is the sixth fastest. Okay, all right. I remember well, that one. <laughs> well, I, anyway, it was an amazing goal. And, um, yeah, so I guess they just, like, they stacked the left and then they went right. Is that <laughs> yes. pretty much? Yeah, that was, ba- that was basically it, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much the plan. Oh, that, that was the, the plan indeed. But, um, you know, while we're talking on goals, so um, Brighton, West Ham, 4-0, um, the Ides of March, so Solly March owners, you know, who has been very popular and was very popular on wildcards too, the only Brighton asset not really delivering in the Battle of the Triple M. So, yeah, McAllister, Matoma, great. March, yep. not great. <laughs> not so great, not so great. I think Which it was is just bad crazy luck. when you watch the game and you, you just can't work out how he didn't get any points. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, and it'll probably be him that, you know, yeah. absolutely tears it up in a double game week. That's like right. Everything always evens out in the end. But I think we um I was I was pretty disappointed with how how it went. Um I think last week I said like the two the two Brighton attackers that I've really wanted for the double game week was March and um McAllister. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh was Matoma and McAllister. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I said last week that you know, whoever hauls in game week twenty six is gonna be a, is gonna drive, you know, who um like where all the transfers go for twenty seven. Yeah. So obviously that's what's happening. Everyone's getting Matoma and uh, I imagine a lot of people are gonna get McAllister in. Probably um people aren't gonna transfer Solly March in and it's probably gonna be him that scores all the points. But yeah, uh, I was not. kind of hoping that Solly March would score a bunch of points and people then a bunch of people would get him in and then I could just have McAllister to myself. But I don't think that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think that's that's what's gonna happen now. Yeah, I think you know, if people are going to double up in midfield, I think they're still probably gonna be drawn to I think Matoma's still gonna be the popular one, but yeah, it's sort of parent who do you pair him up with? But um, Yeah. I think you're right after that performance. And, you know, being on penalties helps too. Like, I know McAllister hasn't actually scored a lot of goals from open play since the World Cup, but the fact that he's on penalties and, like, you, you mentioned it, maybe it was last week's episode when we have been talking about doubles, just mm. you know, the assets we've been targeting on doubles tend to get penalties. Um, we thought yeah. that was going to happen with Salah, but it didn't, but, yeah. No, I mean, I guess Liverpool will just never, ever get another penalty um, ever, <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, you're right. And I, I, again, it was. It's a. I'm a bit annoyed because I've. I was always planning to get McAllister this week, and it was like you know, it was game week 26 that he got the penalty. But anyway, what can you do? Hopefully, he'll get another one this week. Yeah, well, well, let's see. But the other big news to come out of this game was, um, you know, the dirty Sanchez. So, um, yeah, Bobby Sanchez, he was just dropped, and it completely came out of nowhere. And when when the team sheets came out for these games, I was sort of going through them before the game started. And I was like, what? Stealing goals? And I thought, oh, Sanchez must be injured, which, you know, was complete news to me because we hadn't heard anything. And then you see all yep. these reports of Deserby saying that he hasn't been happy with Sanchez. And, you know, we have seen the last few weeks. He's he's a bit like Edison. He just has this knack for just conceding silly goals and um, mm. maybe not concentrating at the right times. But And from the sounds of it, it sounds like Steele's going to have that spot until he doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think what Sanchez made that real howler a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? Where he That's sort of right. dropped an easy cross and it just got headed in. So yeah, um, maybe that was the moment that um, Deserby kind of started the mind started to tick over. You know, mm. you know, do I do I start Steele? And he gave him one more game and obviously wasn't very impressed. So um, in came Steele for the next one. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if it was like just to kick up the ass and Sanchez will be back or whether yeah. that's it. It's kind of like when Sanchez took over from Matty Ryan. Yeah. That's uh, right. Just one day he just wasn't there and yeah, he never came back. Yeah. And like there would be many who wildcarded in 26 that probably went with Sanchez, you know, trying to target all these doubles that, that Brian have in the long term and straight away now have an issue on their hands. But you know, if, if you're wildcarding now, what, what would your thoughts be? be towards getting say you wanted to get stealing because he's so cheap he's only 3.9 but do you, do you think that might just end up being an issue down the down the road that you're going to have to fix anyway i don't i initially i was excited and i thought to myself wow you can have ward and steel for like less than eight <laughs> yeah. um which is an absolute steal um <laughs> but 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really, I wish I could turn back time and not say that. But here we are. Um, no, so I, I don't actually like it though. Like the more I think about it, um, you know, like I think that uh, the best Brighton assets are the attacking assets, yeah. and the one if, if you're going to have one defensive, like they're not a great clean sheet team. But mm. If you're going to have the one one defensive asset, I still think you're better off paying. You know, half a million more for S. Stupinen. Yeah. Um, and then or, you know you dunk. get the clean sheet, but yeah, I mean he's he's more he's he's quite likely to get attacking returns as well. Mm-hmm. Like his his goal involvement's quite high. I was pretty surprised that in four goals the other day he wasn't involved in any of them. Yeah, that was very bizarre. Usually, in recent times, he usually has been involved in sort of every you know every third or fourth goal for them. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I still think that you know having two. I think a Stupinan is a really good pick, and so I'd want him. And I don't think having two Brighton defenders um, or defensive assets is the right play, given how good their attacking, um, you know, assets are in the midfield. So I, I just don't think there's a spot for steel. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think yeah, it might just be a bit of an issue down the path. And yeah, you, like you said, you're probably blocking yourself from getting like a third outfielder from Brighton anyway with with all these appealing fixtures. So yeah, it's probably an, an issue down the road, but um, on to the pod El Clasico Chelsea leads. Heaven help me. Chelsea actually freaking won a game. And not only did they win the game, they scored a goal too. So um, it wasn't pretty, but the job got done. And I can't tell you how nervous I was in the last few minutes, especially in injury time when um, Meslier went up for that corner at the end. And I was, I've never been more convinced that a goalkeeper was going to score a goal at the end. And the fact that he yep. got his head on it, and I felt like time stood still between him heading the ball and it traveling towards the goal. Oh, yep. I, I felt nearly physically, I actually nearly felt physically sick. <laughs> he nearly went full Allison, didn't he? Oh my God. Yeah. I just, as soon as he went up, I was just like, they're scoring here. I just, oh, it, it yeah, felt no. terrible. It took me a good, like, 20 minutes after that game finished, actually just my nerves to settle. It was just, I was just so rattled. <laughs> well, I, look, I did not enjoy that result, but I, you know, I am happy for you because I know you've had a rough time of it as a Chelsea fan recently. So if we were going to, if Leeds were going to lose to someone, I don't mind it was them for your sake, but oh, thank we you. really do have to start picking up some points soon because um, when you, you know, you're in, you know, you're not doing too well when Everton is gaining on you. <laughs> yeah, you know you're not doing um, well when Chelsea actually score against you. <laughs> oh yeah, well that too. Yes, uh, but but I will say like Wes Fofana like was absolutely amazing in this game. I know he scored the goal. He, ne- he nearly scored earlier too from from um, an earlier corner. But um, yeah, he looks like with Thiago Silva being out for for a few weeks. He if you know. You know, that, yeah. that game week 28 free hit, if you're on a free hit, like Chelsea have that Everton fixture and, you know, it could be a very steely, um, you know, game there. And, you know, if you're looking for someone there, he's, he's cheap and obviously has that set piece threat. And so, I mean, he hasn't really yeah. played that many games, but he's scored two goals for Chelsea this season. And I feel like he's only played like two games anyway. Yeah. I mean, the only the only worry with him is he does seem to be quite injury prone. So Yes, very. <laughs> um, if you're going to get him in now for a game, you know, for even like, oh, he's good for the 29 double. It's like, is he really going to be fine for the 29 <laughs> double? Um, yeah, trying yeah. to bank in for that long. Yeah, it's a bit of an issue. <laughs> it's a, it, Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, bit, a bit of Martial kind of vibe. Yeah. Him, 
he is young, so hopefully, you know, he um he he strengthens up and can put those injury issues behind him. I wouldn't, I suppose, for the price, it's not too much of a risk, is it? But no. um, yeah, no, I would be a little bit concerned about having him in my team and you know him staying fit. Yeah, that would be the issue. But um, yeah, and then the the round finished off this morning, so we had Brentford Fulham. Um, a 3-2 West London derby, which was uh, very entertaining in the end. But, yeah, the managers who took the gamble on Ivan Tony, pun intended there, um, actually paid off. And um, he looked amazing this morning. And Brentford, the because I, I was heading into work, I was listening to the game, and it sounded just the first 10 minutes was just an onslaught of Brentford. They could have scored a couple goals just in the first couple minutes alone. Yeah, right. I'm gonna to have to admit, I um, I was at work um when this game was on, and I only just got home just before we started <laughs> recording. So I literally, I haven't even seen like the three minute highlights of this game. Well, um, I will I, tell you, <laughs> I basically know what happened, and that's about it. Yeah, well, yeah, Brentford went hell for leather at the start, and um, yeah, Fulham equalised. Solomon, who has scored now, I think maybe it's like four or five games on the trot, so. Um, I think now he's he started a couple games in the road. I, I'll actually shout out Jack from the FPL Attic Show got Solomon in a few weeks ago, so he's absolutely loving those points coming in his Amazing. side. So great, great vibes pick there. Yeah, great vibes pick there for for Jack. So well done. But yeah, the the big one was Ivan Tony. So um, unfortunately, you know Ben Mead and um, who was it? Rico Henry didn't get on the score sheet, but yeah, it was Pinnock this time around getting on the score sheet, which was a little bit lucky. I think it could have been an, an OG, but um, they gave him the goal, which was which was handy for that. But yeah, Ivan Tony could have finished up with a hat trick because he did hit the post from a free kick and and um, sort of missed a couple really good chances early too. But um, we'll put that down to fatigue, seeing as he just had a, a kid during the week, so he's probably not getting much sleep at the moment. Yeah, fair. Yeah, fair. Um, all right. Well, I didn't even I didn't know all of that, so that makes me even more excited to bring Ivan Tony in this week. Well, there, there you go. And yeah, something we might have to talk about a bit more detail in the second part of the show when it comes to the captains. But um, actually, we haven't even touched on our sides how we actually went for game week um, twenty six. So um, tell me, Andrew, how yep. did you finish up this game week? And please tell me you finished up with a green arrow. Yes, I did actually. Yes, um, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> I, yeah, we're back, baby. I ended up with fifty nine points. Yeah, um, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, happy with that for sure. Um, so my ranks actually gone up to three hundred and fifteen k from four hundred and thirty k. So yep, nice decent, um, decent green arrow there. Um, I actually did make a transfer this week. I brought in a Stupinan for Trent. They both mm-hmm. scored exactly six points, so it really did nothing. But at least I've got a Stupinan in there um, for the double now. So just sitting yep. there in place. Um, in terms of the good, like really the main driver of my good game week was um, Musala. Um, I had him for his 21. And then apart from that, it was really just like a bunch of returns from my defenders. I got... Yep. You know, clean sheet from Kepa, clean sheet from a Stupinan. Um, and I was I had Ben White who came on at half time and then um scored his first goal for Arsenal. So mm-hmm. um apart from that, I had the the assist from Haaland who I captained. Um and that was that was pretty much everything. It was really just driven by Salah and the and the defenders. Yeah. Um I had minus I had minus one come off the bench for mm-hmm. me. Um uh with uh Shaw coming on for Nkedia. 
Yeah. Um, and I had Andreas second on the bench, which was a bit <laughs> annoying. So he's just kind of stranded there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, some blanks. I had one pointer from Bailey and um, Odegaard with some epic points dodging. Um, but yeah, overall, very happy with the week, especially since I didn't use a chip. Um, yeah. Yeah. 59 points got me a decent green arrow and hopefully I can keep up that momentum. Yeah, I, I think in, in one of these weeks we've just had when there seems to be a massive swell for the chips. Um, yeah, green arrows, or you take them any day of the week. So, yeah, and the fact that you sort of managed to, you know, slice your rank, you know, by 25%, that's that's a, a good move too. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had plenty of weeks um, this season where, I've you know, as soon as I feel like I'm getting some sort of progress, I have a huge red arrow the next week, so I'm never <laughs> comfortable. Um so we'll see. We'll see if I'm still happy after next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was sort of saying, um, like long term, what's what's your your plans for for the team? Or like, I mean, obviously it's going to be Brighton and Brentford on on the menu. But have you sort of got a path yeah. pathway that you you're thinking of taking? Yeah, I look. I've you know I, I was obviously listening to a lot of content last week about. Um, wildcarding and you know there was a lot of people at wildcarding in 26 I, I wasn't really feeling it and um, th- they were saying oh you, you can either wildcard in 26 or 27 or even 28 it's like no one is really thinking about the value of wildcarding later than that but I I really do still see myself holding the wildcard until you know in the 30s yeah um, I am planning on taking some hits this week to set myself up for uh, game week 27. So I am expecting to give some of the, you know, the gains back that I've had this week. You know, there's yep. a, there's a lot of players that are in all the wildcard teams, which I'm now going to take hits to get those players in. Um, but I guess by not wildcarding it, it allows me to keep Salah. You know, I've still got Kane in place as well. Yeah. Um, but I'll also have all of these, um, all of these double, like the main double game weekers that I want. I think I should be able to get most of them in. Yeah. It will cost me some hits, but I think it'll be worth it. And I think, um, I'm still, I'm still thinking of free hitting in 28. Uh, last week, I think we talked about how, um, the problem with wildcarding in 26, as I saw it, was that you would be very tempted to load up on Brentford assets because they've got the game in 28. If you're going to wildcard in 26, you're probably going to try to set yourself up to play 28 without using your free hit. Yeah, that's But that right. means you're going to be loading up on Brentford assets and maybe holding back on Brighton assets, whereas the Brighton assets are better than the Brentford assets and the Brighton yeah. fixtures, in my opinion, were better than the Brentford fixtures. And um, So what I want to do is I just want to focus on the best assets for, for double game week 27 probably use hits to get them, but then I'll probably still be using my free hit in 28 because I'm not I'm not taking 28 into account with my transfers. I'm just trying to get the best players out for each game week as it comes. And then yeah. when 28 comes, I'm sure I won't be you know particularly well set up for it. So I probably will free hit that game week. And yeah. there'll be upside there versus a lot of other people that are going to hold on to their, their free hit yeah. um, in that game week as well. So hopefully I can make some gains in 28 uh, even if I lose some ground by taking hits in 27. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, lo- I like that thing because it's a very similar thing <laughs> to, to my setup too. So, yeah, can't argue yeah, with that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether it's just because we talk to each other so much that we've kind of formed the same kind of opinion and general strategy. But, um, yeah, it does seem like both of us are swimming against the tide a little bit with what we're doing. 
Yeah. Well, but we'll see at the end of the season <laughs> the right strategy. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll find out. That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, my, myself, I finished up with um, 53 points. So I did take a hit. So realistically, that that was 49. But, yeah, it was just enough to get a small green arrow, which I will definitely take, especially as I took a hit to remove Salah this game week. So, um, yeah, I basically moved from 78K to 76. So um, it's better than a red arrow. I'll definitely take that. So, um, happy days, but yeah, um, yeah, Kepa with the, the clean sheet, yeah, Ben White and, and Trent Alexander Arnold with the points. Unfortunately, I had the Luke Shaw minus one, and yeah, like yourself, I had Andreas second on my bench too. But, um, yeah, the Starman Matoma, um, 13 points, um, unbelievable. And the other, um, outstanding player for me was Ivan Tony. So it was a fairly decent spread of points, which I was happy about. Um, the fact that I was able to pull off. But yeah, like I mentioned, a, a green arrow um, with a hit and no no Mo Salah and having a captain blank, um, I'm fairly happy with that. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to like, but, yeah, a, a little bit lucky, I could say. Yeah, I mean, I think it was an excellent game week for you, really. I mean, you've, you're literally the only person I saw anywhere that took a hit. Um, <laughs> but the hit that you took, like, it did make sense. I understood why you took it. Um, unfortunately, that did involve removing <laughs> Mo Salah, but no one saw coming what happened in that game. Yeah. Um, so for all of that to happen to you, for you to take a hit, not only to take a hit, but to take a hit for to remove someone that scored 21 points um, <laughs> and then still get a green arrow, like I think that just goes to show how good a shape your team is actually in. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely, I was definitely jealous that you already had Matoma and um, you got Tony as well, yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. As part of yeah. my hit was yeah, getting removing. That's right. And I, I couldn't do in to Tony. I had to free up some funds, and yeah, I targeted yeah most solid to come out, and I really wanted Saka because I, I wanted to captain him for yeah. the Bournemouth game. So anyway, it it is what it is. So I'm, I'm fairly comfortable. Yeah, I mean, and- I, I'm I'm jealous of you. You've got Tony in place. You've got Matoma in place. You've got the best Arsenal midfielder in place now. So, you know, you missed a, you missed that Salah Hall, but you're, you're very well set up. Nah, it, it does swing in roundabouts. So, um, but I, I, we, I sort of mentioned before the show, I wasn't all that upset about, you know, missing out on that Salah Hall because I, I didn't feel like it was like that moment last season in that Mo Salah United game because many people that went against Salah that game week, you know, went for a Kai Havertz who like blanked. But the major difference that time around was that Mo Salah was such a popular captaincy pick that it wasn't just 20-odd points. It was nearly 50 points. So I, I didn't really feel like it hurt me as much as it could have. I mean, I did feel a bit silly, um, yeah. a, a little bit of regret. I definitely have regret <laughs> removing him um, for, for that point. All. But, yeah, my, my thinking and my logic, uh, I was fairly confident in. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it is what it is. But. Yeah, in a fairly decent shape for for next game week, and you, like yourself, I'm probably thinking of taking a hit too. But I might divulge a bit more of that um, on the other side of the break when we preview the game week. Yeah, yeah, not too many spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. But um, with that said, we'll take the break, and on the other side, we will preview double game week twenty seven.
Okay, managers, welcome back to the FPL Cynet Podcast, and it's time to preview the massive, humongous double game week 27, and we've got fixtures plenty, but kicking everything off on Saturday night here for us. Here in Oz, it is a 10 p.m. deadline, so it is Bournemouth hosting Liverpool. So can we expect another Bournemouth surprise, or will Liverpool just pick up where they left off the other day against United? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think it's. I mean, we, we, is it is it really only this season that Liverpool beat Bournemouth nine <laughs> nil? Yes, <laughs> oh, I can't believe that. Surely that doesn't happen again. Um, uh, you know, Bournemouth. I mean, Bournemouth have been really good the last couple of weeks, but that must have been absolutely shattering for them to lose in the yeah. way that they did against Arsenal. So. Uh, I don't know, you know, what kind of impact that's going to have on them mentally, but they have been playing quite well. And, you know, they'll probably, as you said, um, I think you said before we started recording, you know, they're not going to, um, they're not going to be as open as Manchester United were. They're going to be playing like a park the bus kind of low block um, kind of setup, which is going to be a lot harder for Liverpool to break down. So, I don't see like a repeat of the seven nil, but having said that, I do feel like Liverpool's attack has clicked, um, you yeah, know, a bit more recently, and you know they probably will be too, you know, too good um, for Bournemouth in the end. So I, I'm, you know, I am expecting at least a couple of goals, uh, two or three goals in that game for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, I, I can. I mean, yeah, I definitely see a Liverpool win here, and. I yeah, I don't think like like you just mentioned, yeah, Bournemouth won't be we saw United just go all out, leaving so much space behind him and they were trying to play at a hundred miles an hour and Liverpool were just picking him off on the counter attack. It was almost the perfect game for Liverpool. But yeah, I can't see Bournemouth sort of giving Liverpool that much license to to go at them. But yeah, if like yourself, if you've held Salah, you will just be licking your lips in this game and you know, if it wasn't for the fact that it's a double game week, you'd probably be giving him the armband. I'd definitely be very strongly considering it if it yeah. wasn't a double game week for sure. But again, it's that first early kickoff as well. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I broke that rule last week with Harland and it sort of didn't really work out that well. I got something from it. But yeah, um, yeah it is always, yeah, it always just, yeah, it is always a bit, um, risky to do that, and if you if if you get the blank, then kind of ruins the whole weekend. But um, yeah, I don't think I am considering it anyway. Not with the doubles. So yeah, yeah, no, no, fair enough. And well, the first of those doubles. So we got Everton hosting Brentford um, for the two AM kickoffs. Um, yeah, Brentford hot off the heels of that win this morning against Fulham. Everton, you know, Everton really took it. Um, I can't, who did they play on the weekend? I completely slipped my mind. Forest, that's right. They really yeah. did take it to Forest, but yeah, lost out in the end. But yeah, no, I wonder what we can expect in this game um, down at Everton. Um, it would be hilarious if it's like a one-nil win against Brentford and Tarkowski's the one that scores. <laughs> you know, everyone gets rid of him for like I don't know, like Pinnock or Rico Henry or something, and yes. then he just comes back to bite. That would. Absolutely be peak FPL if that happened. Oh, my God. It would so, so be peak FPL. I wonder how Brentford will go here because, um, I mean, they've been unbelievable. I think they haven't lost a game since the World Cup, which is pretty 
freak. I think it's only them and Borussia Dortmund in the top sort of five leagues that haven't actually yeah, lost right. a game. So it's it's a it's a great effort, but um, I don't think it's going to be quite a free flowing scoring game that Brentford would really like. No, um, Everton are obviously going to, you know, at home. Um, they're going to probably control the tempo of the game. And mm. yeah, it won't be, you know, Brentford always so much better um, at their home ground as well. Yeah. Although, how many of, I suppose they would have had quite a few results away from home since the World Cup if they haven't lost a game. Yeah, that's right. Probably a lot of draws though. I mean, from memory, I don't yeah. know if they've yeah. actually won too many games away from home. So I don't know. I think I can see this one, you know, going along those same lines and being like a one-all kind of draw possibly. I don't yeah. know how you see it. I mean, what I'd love to see is Brentford getting an early goal because it would force Everton to actually come out and, and play. And yeah, we've seen Brentford just pick teams apart on the counter attack. They just go 100, they just try to get the ball up the field as quickly as possible to um, and Buemo and Tony and just, just run <laughs> at defenses. So um, yeah. Yeah, that Everton defense could be in for for a tough day. But on the other hand, Leeds Brighton, another one of of our doublers with Brighton doubling up this week, and yeah, Leeds not as defensively sound as Everton. So th- this game looks like it could be extremely tasty. Yeah, although I've got to say, like I think Leeds have been defending pretty well um, recently, like even the last sort of couple of months since the World Cup. But they they just haven't shaken that. Um, I guess that reputation that they've always had under like Bielsa and Jesse Marsh as well, that they're, you know, a very leaky team, but they actually yeah. have been pretty good defensively recently. So um, having said that, like Brighton is pretty much one of the informed teams in the, in the competition. So yeah, I can see this game going like so many other Leeds games recently where Leeds play quite well, but they still just lose. Yeah. They just they don't put the ball in the net. Whereas Brighton at the moment, it's, you know, old Brighton, all the XG, nothing on the scoreboard, but this time around yep. they're just they're creating so many chances. Yeah, yeah. It'll, two, it'll be 2 0 to Brighton, both goals to Solly March this time, won't it? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. That's definitely what's going to happen uh, this game. And uh, yeah, Leicester hosting Chelsea. Um, I'll definitely be excited for this one, but yeah, nervous indeed. I can see. I don't know. Maybe it's the pessimist in me, but I can see Leicester getting something out of this game. Yeah. I mean, I can too. Um, at home, you know, James Madison. And I'll be interesting to see if um, Nacho gets another start because yeah. Brendan Rodgers does seem to have a pretty short um, <laughs> amount of patience for him. You know, he has to pretty much score every game to keep his starting spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with when you've got James Madison in your team, you're playing at home, anything, you know, you, you can be confident of in any game, I think, Yeah. Um, that you're going to score some goals. And if you are, if, if we do expect Leicester to score some goals, then the question becomes, can Chelsea score some? And usually the answer is no. I definitely <laughs> know more than one. So yeah, I wouldn't be that surprised to see Leicester um, string a bit of an upset and win this game. Yeah, well, they've got to start start fighting for survival because they're, they're right in this relegation fight. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Chelsea tomorrow morning in the Champions League against Dortmund. So massive fixtures, basically their season on the line here. So um, we'll, we'll see what, what Chelsea really do in the morning and if they've actually got any spine. So <laughs> I'll be keeping my fingers crossed. But yeah, Spurs hosting Forest. Um, yeah, a good fixture for, for Kane owners, but... 
Yeah, Spurs exactly haven't been setting the world alight, you know, getting knocked out in the cup to Sheffield United and then losing to Wolves with basically like the only chance that they gave up to a Dharma, a very greased up Adama Traore. <laughs> yeah, very, very slippery customer, that boy. Grease me up, woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okie uh, dokie. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to go past Harry Kane in that fixture, isn't it? Like home yeah. to Nottingham Forest. Um, it, you know, it is hard to see Harry Kane blanking. Um, although, yeah, as you say, Spurs have been so ordinary recently. I guess, I, yeah. I guess, nothing would surprise me in this game. <laughs> Spurs have been classic Spurs. You just don't know what to expect. Yeah, no, they really have been. I think, and I don't know whether they, you know, if they want to play for Conte anymore. Like it's, it seems to have gone pretty sour. Um, and Conte, you know. There's a, quite a few Spurs fans calling for him to be sacked now. Yeah, I have a feeling he's going to be leaving at the end of the season. So, um, I mean, he's if left. If he makes it that far. Yeah, he's left bigger clubs and more successful clubs, you know, for less reasons. So, <laughs> I could definitely see him walking away at the end of this one. But, yeah, Forrest, um, Brendan Johnson has just been going under the radar. He's just so impressive and was so good in that game against Everton the other day. But, it's, it's just a shame that they don't have a double because I think if he did have a double, he'd be a very good sort of budget enabler that we could actually use and rely on. Yeah, well, definitely a sneaky pick for the double game week in uh, 29. Yeah. Um, they've got Wolves and Leeds in 29. Mm, so Free hitting, yeah, definitely be worthwhile, worthwhile getting him in for that. Definitely someone to keep in mind, yeah. If you have, if you get like an injury in your forward line, you've got a forced change. Um, with one of your forwards, and yeah, you, you could do worse than getting him in. He's on the penalties as well for them. Yeah, that's right. And um, Crystal Palace, Man City, bit of a bogey game for Man City this one. Palace, you know, they they tend to get a result in this game. So, you know, whether or not this Palace side could actually do that, because yeah, they've been so poor. I don't think they've won a game this year. Yeah, they, and they're they're really really tough to watch as well yeah. their, their games their games never seem to be very entertaining so um yeah that i mean i i think that city win that game but i think palace they, they have that ability to make any game difficult especially when they're at Selhurst park mm, yeah and you know we've seen phil foden you know he's absolutely on fire at the moment for for man city we say mara's He's back on the bench so but yeah yeah we're not really looking at city assets at the moment are we well, we're not looking at them at the moment, but you know who knows what the yeah, landscape, the, the city landscape is going to be when they get their you know next double game week. Um, you know, I think there's a there's a chance that they're going to have that double game week in either 34 or 37, and mm. by then Foden could be nailed again and on fire, and we might all want him in our teams again. Which would mean that he would be benched. <laughs> Correct. In both games. In both games. Um, then another, the, the Burnt Leno slash William Derby here. So Fulham hosting Arsenal. And yeah, Fulham after losing this morning will be disappointed. But yeah, big tough ask of Arsenal coming to town. And no Polinia for Fulham too, which was, which you know will be a big deal here. And yeah, Arsenal. I hope they'll probably be hoping to make things a little bit easier than they did against Bournemouth the other day. Yeah, well, I think that the loss of Polina is huge. Mm. Uh, I would have really thought that Fulham would have a chance to, um, you know, to to get something home to Arsenal if it wasn't for the fact that he was out. But I think that um, I, who, whoever his replacement was, 
this morning. Um, apparently, should have been sent off. Yeah, yellow card he wasn't probably good. should have had a second one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they've got anyone else, or if they're just going to give him another chance. But if you know, as I said, I didn't watch that game this morning, but from what I hear, he wasn't great. Um, and if he couldn't handle Brentford, I don't see him being able to handle Arsenal's midfielders. So, um, yeah, I think that. If uh yeah, with Polina out, I think Arsenal will probably be, you know, too strong for Fulham. There might be a lot of uh, quite a few goals in that game again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's you'd probably say, yeah, you know, load up on your Arsenal assets, but this week we're gonna be struggling to fit them in our side with all the, the, the doublers, which is something we'll, we'll touch on in a sec. But um United hosting Southampton. So Southampton last game week faced Leicester, who they've lost nine nil against before. And now they're playing Man United, who they have lost 9-0 against before. So, and yep. United coming off the back of 7-0 lost themselves. Yeah, for sure. I think that um, it could be like a raging Rashford and Bruno <laughs> <laughs> just out to um, put that Liverpool result behind them. It, it does spell a bit of danger for Southampton. Yeah, I, I wonder if we'll see Ten Hag like roll the team. I suppose they've got, I think they're playing Real Betis this Friday morning in the Europa League. So we'll probably get an indication of who's still in his ideal 11, I suppose, because that's that's a massive fixture for them. So, um, yeah, because I'd be worried heading into this Southampton game, like blind after that 7-0, if, you know, Ten Hag just switches the team around and tries to make a statement. Yeah, so you you don't you think they're going to be playing a full strength team in the Europa League? I think so because it's it's a fairly big game. So I, I have a feeling yeah, he's going to play his strongest side in that, and yeah, we'll see who we actually rate after that seven nil. Because you know, after you could make an argument to drop everyone after you lose seven nil, but I probably you can't really drop just one or two players and sort of pin it all on them. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Ten Hag seems to me he comes he comes across to me as being quite like a calm yeah um, manager. And I I can't expect I, I can't I can't imagine him sort of knee jerking too much, um, based on one result or one game. Yeah, I think that he'll probably keep faith with the players that he had faith in before that game. And mm-hmm. um, you know, if, obviously, if they continue to perform like like that, then I'm sure they're not going to be in the team for too much longer. But I, I don't think he's going to make wholesale changes to his first choice 11 based on just the Liverpool game. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I tend to agree with you there, but let's wait and see. And then the West Ham, Aston Villa, so the Claret and Blue derby, the Danny Ings derby. So um, you'll be hoping, will you be playing your Bailey this week or is that... Is he on the chopping block? <laughs> I would be I'll be absolutely shocked if Leon Bailey is still on my team at the end of this week. <laughs> so there's well, a spoiler for you. Well, I'll be shocked if David Moyes is in the dugout for this West Ham game. So <laughs> still haven't heard anything yet that he's been sacked, but no. yeah, I wouldn't yeah. I don't know what West Ham have planned for him. Yeah, I mean, he he must he he's just unsackable. I mean, how how many weeks in a row did we think Brendan Rodgers was going to be sacked yeah. earlier in the season? <laughs> and he just kept going week after just week. <laughs> kept going, just kept going. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I I think West Ham, um, despite the result against Brighton, I thought they have been a little bit better recently, and I certainly don't think they're at risk of getting sucked into that relegation battle. Um, yeah, you don't think so? I don't know. They're just too. They're, Maybe I mean the team the, the players are too good. Yeah, no, they really shouldn't. They really shouldn't. But 
I don't know. I just feel like they're going to be all right in the end. Um, maybe at the end of the season, they'll reconsider. Um, yeah, Moyes. But I think that they will keep the faith in him for, let's say, at least another one game. Let's see how it goes this week. Yeah, true. And then, yeah, Newcastle hosting Wolves. So, you know, the Newcastle defence hasn't been that great the last few weeks. But, yeah, it's, I mean, I can see Newcastle clean cheek here. I can't see anything else. Yeah. Like, <laughs> If I was free hitting this week, I'd be like, let's triple up on Newcastle defense. <laughs> all in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pushing all the chips in um, on Newcastle defense. But yeah, you never know. It only takes one moment, I suppose, to True. concede a goal. But it really does. You look at that game and you think, surely Wolves aren't scoring. Yeah, you can't see a greased up Adama Traore hitting it from outside the box again. No, no, he's never done that two weeks in a row. <laughs> no, <his life>. he hasn't. <laughs> uh, then, um, yeah, then all the way Thursday morning, we've got Brighton hosting Crystal Palace and Southampton Brentford. So, um, yeah, that Brighton Crystal Palace, the derby that's not a derby, that's a derby. And yeah, Southampton Brentford. Oh, Ivan Tony owners will just be. It, it's a nice way to finish off the game week because I think we really expect goals from Brighton and Brentford in these games. And it could be a really fun goal rush watch, especially with those two games on at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I think it will be. I think most people will have quite a few assets from, yeah. you know, both teams. So it'd be interesting um, to see what kind of rank swings you get when, you know, players like Matoma and... <laughs> Solly you know, March Tony. gets his fourth yeah. of the game week. <laughs> like what? what's uh, Ivan Tony and Matoma's... EO going to be this week like surely we're not making most people are going to have them and surely we're not going to be making too many gains when those players score yeah well I think he was already at like 50% at around like my rank so like sort of 100k so mm. yeah it's, it's only going to go up yeah for sure be very interesting to see but I, I suppose this is the time of um this is the time of year where the engaged managers do kind of gain rank against yeah. those um, those casual, those kind of more casual managers that have just been making, you know, looking at their team, um, you know, for five minutes, you know, half an hour before the deadline every week and making one transfer. And yeah, like all, this is the time of year where the people that are planning weeks and weeks in advance are really going to start to go to, to accelerate. Um, so yeah, you probably, we probably will be gaining rank um, when some of these highly owned players score, but not against other engaged managers. Yeah, no, I tend to tend to agree there. Yeah, this is where with those that listen to the show and, and create content and, and really follow it closely could can start to sort of get a leg up on the others. But uh, while we're still talking about double game week 27, so I don't know if like how your bus team is, is sitting at the moment, but like with mine, it's an absolute benching headache. And that's before I've even made my transfers this game week. Yeah, uh, I... I, I can't imagine how hard it's going to be for um, players that wildcarded last week to figure out who to bench. I think there's going to be a lot of um, points benched this week. Yeah. Um, my my team, I think I'm going to have some benching headaches for sure. Um, but, you know, I, I don't feel like my, my bench is as strong as maybe some other people. So it's maybe not going to be as difficult for me as it is for others. But, um, but yeah, there's definitely like, I, I'm looking at my team and I, I might have to bench someone like Odegaard this week away to yeah. Fulham. Yeah. And as I said before, I'm expecting Arsenal to score a number of goals against Fulham, you know, without mm. um, Paulinho in the side. So 
uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be very, very difficult to figure out who to put on the bench. Mm. Yeah, I mean, at the moment with with my side, how it's looking. So my three man defense, I've currently got Luke Shaw, who's got Southampton at home, Trippier, mm-hmm. who has Wolves at home, and Alexander Arnold, who has Bournemouth away. And you know, one of my plan transfers is removing Bueno for either a Brentford or a Brighton defender. So which one of those three do you take out? <laughs> yeah, geez. Because all three of those know. defenders have such massive upside. Like Trippier will probably start the game on seven points. And yeah, Trent and Luke Shaw, on you know, they've been, you know, especially Luke Shaw since the World Cup, he's he's been amazing, you know, getting some attacking returns as well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's going to be massive, pain this week. <laughs> there's a massive risk that those single week defenders are going to score more points Absolutely. than <laughs> any double game week defender that you bring in. So that's something that you've really got to think about. But I guess, um, yeah, I, I suppose because both Brentford and Brighton double in 29 as well, you've got to take that into account as well Yeah. Um, when you're making those transfers. Um yeah, I don't know. So who who would you? I don't know. So who would you bench <laughs> if you brought in a Brentford or Brighton defender? Oh, that's the thing. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Like, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd probably do it, but yeah, who? You know, I'll wait and see what happens with the, that Europa League game if Luke Shaw's in the side <laughs> against real, yeah. real betters. But yeah, yeah, you can make an argument for all three of them and for them to stay or come out of your side for the game week. But yeah, either way, there will be tears. But um, talking about that, how do you feel about the possibility? Like a bench boost this game week isn't completely out of the question. No, not at all. I mean, I think if you've, if you set your team for this game week and then you've got a bench like, like almost like a bench that you just described, it's going to be very tempting just to play the bench boost. Yeah. Um, it could be you know, what. What do we? We normally say that what 16, 16 to, 20 to twenty points, yeah, is like that's a decent bench boost. You're happy with that, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I can see, I can see that coming through from those players for sure. Mm. Yeah, especially yeah. if Leeds, Chelsea ends up in a zero zero. <laughs> Leeds, Chelsea. Yeah, like oh, sorry, uh, sorry, Leicester. Leicester Chelsea, I should say. Leicester Sorry, Chelsea. Leeds, Chelsea. I mean, which would be a possibility for sure. Yes, especially um, the way Chelsea are at the moment. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. You think there'd be plenty of save points for in that game as well? Yeah, yeah, you think so? But yeah, it's something. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the double in twenty nine, I'd, I'd almost definitely play the the bench boost this week. So yeah, it's if I see people out there doing it, I'd definitely. Go for it. <laughs> All the power to you because it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I'm, I'm probably leaning towards using it in 29 as well. Yeah. Um, But you've got the, you've got that thing that where, you know, do you, do you play it now when you've got the players that are all fit and they've got good fixtures now? We could get to 29. All these players are going to come back from international break. They're going to have... They're all going to be like, there's going to be a bunch of players yellow flagged and you're not going to be sure who's going to start and who's not. Yeah. It might be a less, it, this week might be a less stressful week to play your bench boost than 29. That's for sure. Yeah, true. True. It is. But um, anyway, let's talk about transfers in the big short segment and we'll have a look at all the transfer trends. And so currently leading the way 
number one transfer in is Dr. Dribble himself, Matoma, with nearly 300,000 transfers in, followed by Ivan Tony, Stupanan, Ben Mee, and Mo Salah. And then top five transfers out, Mares, Enketia, De Bruyne, Shah, and Almiron. So nothing really surprising there, is there? No, not nah. at all. Um, there's literally nothing that stands out to me in um, in those kind of transfers out. I, I, I suppose you could say that, you know, Newcastle do have um, a fixture in, in 28, correct? Yes. So if they've got a fixture in 28 and a double in 29. So from that point of view, I, guess, I suppose it is a little bit surprising to see people taking Newcastle assets out. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, like a, an Almiron is kind of like an obvious move. Yeah. Um, to a similarly priced Brighton midfielder, isn't uh, isn't it? And yeah. I suppose Especially Charles, when the goals have dried up. Yeah, exactly. Um, and same with like your Newcastle defender. Like people are obviously moving from um, from the Newcastle defender to, you know, someone like Rico Henry or Ben Mee or, you know, yeah. um, yeah, Estupanan. So, yeah, I can understand why people are making those moves. Yeah, and talking about moves, what is on the plan for this game week for yourself or are you still sort of thinking it through? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I Actually, <laughs> I'm sure about one move because I've already made one move. <laughs> um, yeah, so I brought in Matoma. Hey, um, Dr. Dribble. Yeah, I brought in the Dr. Dribble himself for, for the first Andreas. time too this season, yeah? I know. I've been talking about it for about three months. I finally brought him in. Um, so, Since yeah. before the World Cup. Yeah, exactly right. I got um, yeah, I got rid of Andreas, brought in Matoma. I think there was a couple of price rises um, that were sort of imminent. And I thought, you know, like I definitely want him. I, I brought him in after the Brighton game. So I knew that, you know, he didn't have another game, you know, yeah. that he could get injured in before, um, before I needed him. So uh, I did think it was worth the risk to... Um, yeah, to beat those price rises, and he did go up in price today. So, um, so that was my free transfer. I only had one free transfer because I made the move for a stupid nun last week. So now I've just got to figure out uh, what hits am I going to take. I'm 100% going to take a hit for Tony. I think that yep. he's pretty essential. I've still got Nketiah in my team. Who who knows what he what his injury status is? So I think the Nketiah to Tony move is. Pretty straightforward for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably well, I'm almost certainly gonna take another hit for um Leon Bailey out for another Brighton midfielder, probably McAllister. Oh yeah. Um and then, you know, like it's probably sensible for me to stop there, but I am actually thinking of going like going all out and taking an, another hit. Um, you know, maybe to bring in, you know, like a Brentford defender, because I'll only have Tony will be my only, um, my only Brentford asset if I don't oh, take yeah. another hit for a Brentford defender. So it's something I'm thinking about. But as you said, this like the players that I'll have to bench. If I bring in, if I bring in Tony and McAllister, I'm pr- I'm probably gonna have to bench Odegaard. Yeah. So it does seem a little risky, especially when I'm taking a hit to do it. But it also seems risky not to go into the double game week with. Um, without those kind of assets. Yeah. Um, and then if I take a, if I get a, if I get another um, Brentford defender in, then I'll probably have to bench uh, someone like, um, I've still got Martinez in my team um, mm-hmm. from the Manchester United 
like defender. So he's home to Southampton. So you'd think that it'd be a, a pretty good chance of a of a clean sheet there um, as well. So you know, I have to figure out in my own head whether I want to take a hit um, for a Brentford defender, someone like Rico Henry, yeah, and then possibly be faced with benching a clean sheet from Martinez. So mm. these are all the things that I've got to consider this week, but I am <laughs> going to, I am going to, it was the plan all along to not wildcard and then be like really aggressive with hits in this, in this week. Um, and hopefully spend less on hits than I'll gain back from the wildcard using it later. So yeah. I am going to try to stick to that plan to be pretty aggressive with the hits this week and see how I go. I like it. I like it. It, it makes sense. Yeah, it is aggressive. Um, but yeah, the the hope that you can make the gains to to make it worthwhile and and sort of get that leap on others that that probably won't attack it as hard is definitely there. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is though, like I'm probably I'm taking these hits to get the players that the people that have wildcarded have already got. Yeah. So some of the some of the gains I've made, I am giving back, but I'm kind of seeing it as comparing this these hits. Um, to the points I can gain by saving the wild card for later. So if I look at if I wild card in say thirty three to set myself re- up really well for thirty four and thirty seven double game weeks, um, then hopefully at that time I gain you know it the balances you know, out. Yeah, whatever I'm hitting, whether it's eight or twelve, I really would hope that if I wild card in thirty three, then I'm going to gain more on the field than the eight or twelve that I'm losing this week, and that's how I'm trying to look at it. Yeah, no, I tend to tend to agree with that. I think yeah, hits in doubles, especially when the fixtures are really good. Yeah, they make a lot of sense. So um, I agree with you there. But myself, I'm looking at yeah, Bueno out for um, probably Rico Henry. Um, I really yep. liked what I saw this morning from him. He seemed to be involved. I heard his name a lot. <laughs> the first half I was listening to it, and yeah, I heard his name a lot on the on the um the radio this morning so yeah he's interesting gives me a double up from Brentford and yeah at the moment I'm thinking yeah I am probably going to be doing Andreas to um Alexis McAllister as well to get that double up of Brighton which yeah that would that would be a minus four hit and that would give me double Brighton and double Brentford so whether or not I go the extra transfer and get in another um like a Brighton defender maybe um, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure because, yeah, I'm probably benching more points. <laughs> um, but it would help set things up in the long run, but that's just something I'd have to think. So I'm, I'm not against taking hits. I've, I've taken hits a few times this season and um, it's it seemed to work most of the times more often than not that I've done it. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's such a good game week for a lot of the single fixtures I've got to weigh up whether it's worth taking that extra hit um to get in another player but yeah yeah whether I guess you've you've got to consider whether you whether that hit's going to pay off not just this week but also in 29 as well that's right yeah if you're taking someone out that doesn't double in 29 then you're Mm. getting you know two extra fixtures from it so yeah um but then you've got to look at if you look at your bench on 29 it's going to be just as hard to bench people. So yeah, although um, bench boosting at least makes it makes it a bit easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the plan in twenty nine for you as well, is it? 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. That that's that's sort of what I've I've been mucking around with on the FPL transfer planner. So the last last few days, that's what I keep keep getting drawn towards. And yeah, like yourself, probably benching Odegaard, um, Ben White, Trippier at the moment. So mm. they'll be pains. But anyway, Trippier's always got a lock to nine points there. Like, yeah, sure. Uh, I might might have to put him in for Luke Shaw, I think. But uh, anyway, it's time for Goodwill Punting, where we look at a differential for the game week. And Andrew, who have you picked out of the hat this game week? Um, all right. So I have gone for Evan Ferguson from mm. Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's obviously that sort of budget enabler forward. He's only 4.6 million. He's only 2% owned. Um, he's definitely first choice. He's definitely like one of... Um, Deserby's um, players that he really likes that he really likes and he'll play him if he's fit yeah um, he wasn't involved in any of the goals in the 4-0 win against West Ham and I think that that has sort of caused him to drop off the radar a little bit yeah everyone's um, you know everyone's sort of focusing on the triple M's in in midfield but um, he did score the winner in the previous game in that FA Cup game against Stoke yeah. Um. And I am expect. I like. I do expect him to have a pretty decent goal involvement. Like he, he's involved in quite a few of the goals that um that Brighton do tend to score. So if you do have that kind of forward spot that um yeah, and you're looking for a bit of a differential, I think that he's a really good option and he's cheap. Yeah, I I like it. And yeah, there may be some managers out there looking to to save some funds. And yeah, Evan Ferguson seems to to be a good pick there. And for all those reasons that you outlined. So I quite like it. Um, myself, I'm going with Brian and Buemo um, yep. just because Brentford have the double and he plays up forward. Um, he did hit the post this morning, of course. <laughs> the classic classic. Buemo. <laughs> yep. Um, But yeah, for those that maybe can't stretch out to Ivan Tony, then, you know, Brian and Buemo's a very handy deputy um, there. But anyway, oh, captain, my captain, top three captain options, Andrew. Which order do you have all these doublers in for this game week? Um, I haven't put a huge amount of thought into it. So I guess I just want to say that I'm, yeah, like I reserve the right to change my mind later in the week. <laughs> You're not allowed to. That's not how content creation works. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Locked in then. Um, well, I mean, the number one I, I'm going for is Ivan Tony. Yep. Um, I just think that he's such a good, he's such a good asset um, obviously, he's on pens and he never ever misses them. Mm. Um, but he as seems well as to that, get a yeah. lot of them. I don't know how is it Brent. How did Brentford and Brighton getting so many pens and like Liverpool <laughs> with the front three that they have just cannot seem to <laughs> earn one? Like I just I fully don't get it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I like Tony. He's he's probably the number one for me. Um, but it's very close. I've got McAllister second. Um, and Matoma third, um, yep. but I just I, I think there really is just there's nothing in it between all three of them, and um, I'm actually excited about this week because I think that um, there will be a pretty decent um, spread of captaincies. Hopefully, like I think yeah. Tony will be the most popular captain, but I think there'll be plenty of people that go for a Brighton midfielder too. So yeah, um, it's gonna be could fun. Be, it could be yeah, it could be some rank swings depending on. You know, if one of those three absolutely hauls and the others stay pretty quiet, then there could be some some massive rank swings. Yeah, and I basically had the same three people just in a different order. So I went with Matoma first, um, Dr. Dribble, 
Uh, Ivan Tony second and McAllister third. But yeah, I think that there's an argue, argument to be made for all three of those guys being the best captaincy pick. And yeah, I'm sure I'm going to like switch up my decisions <laughs> as we get closer to the deadline. But yeah. uh, anyway, before we finish up, I'll quickly round up the podcast league. So Mira still leading with their side, Alison Wonderland, after an amazing 74 points this game. So well done, Mira. Absolutely killing. I think she's 6K overall, so absolutely flying. I dropped down. I'm now seventh, um, but still happy with where I am. And, Andrew, you have moved up the charts. Yeah, I've gone – I think I was 30 for like two or yeah. three weeks in a row. Um, I'm up to 21st, so hey, coming to get you. You'll be there soon in the graphics. I can feel it. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I really don't. But anyway. Oh, but anyway, manager of game week 26 was Hans along with his side, Chicken Ticker Mosala, whose name I've definitely read out over the years. So 97 points, mostly down to Mosala captain. So well done, Hans. But um, yeah, before we finish up, just the shout out. So Twitter and Instagram at FPL Signet and make sure you give Andrew a follow too, please. So at FPL underscore point break and yeah, hit those like and subscribe buttons. It does help out the show. And yeah, we love seeing all the retweets and interactions with everyone out there. So thank you for supporting the show, but Andrew, good luck for double game week 27. You too, my friend, you too. And all that is left to say. Via con Dios. <laughs> Let your defensive sheets be clean and your arrows green. See you managers. 